everyone join me in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, in case you were not here, we looked at the very beginning of the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, this is where Jesus ascended. Jesus tells the disciples gathered that they have everything they need to continue on with Jesus' ministry on earth. Jesus tells them, okay now, the Holy Spirit is going to descend upon you and provide you with the presence of God to go forth and make disciples. Last week, we left off with the disciples looking up to heaven, asking themselves, what now? The disciples are trying to figure out how to go on without Jesus among them. It's a hard change. The disciples are facing the unknown without the physical presence of Jesus that they've had every step of the way. We're going to pick up in the second chapter of Acts this morning. The disciples are in Jerusalem. They're celebrating a Jewish holiday. And it is here that we get the story of Pentecost. Acts 2, 1 through 12. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place, all of the disciples. Suddenly, a sound from heaven, like the howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered because this was weird, y'all. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Alamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, in Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the regions of Libya, borderline Siren, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, all this to say all these different people. We hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. I'm going to read a little further, too. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? Others jeered at them, saying, they're full of new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Pentecost is sometimes, actually pretty much often, referred to as the birthday of the church. It is the day that Christians point to as the beginning of the Christian church. And there's also this really beautiful parallel that we can all draw from this story in Acts and from the Gospel of Luke. 
Remember, Luke and Acts are written by the same author, and often they can be read as one continuous story. So in Luke, we're throwing it back a little bit, Jesus is baptized. And when Jesus is baptized, that marks the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. And at his baptism, the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. In this reading, in Acts, we get a parallel of that story. Pentecost marks the beginning of the disciples' ministry, their ministry in a post-Jesus kind of world. And they, too, have the Holy Spirit descend upon them. This time, it's not in the form of a dove, but in the form of fire. The beginning of two ministries marked by the descending of the Holy Spirit. It's this beautiful symmetry, and it demonstrates that just as God was with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, God will continue to be with the apostles through the Holy Spirit too. The question for us today is, what does this mean? Yes, it's so cool to see this parallel, especially if you're kind of a nerdy fiction reader like me. And it's cool to have this moment where people are kind of united through the Holy Spirit. But how does this impact us past a cool origin story of the Christian church? One of my favorite aspects of this particular story is that all of the disciples are gathered together and they're not really doing anything special. We don't open our Bibles, read the story of Pentecost and think, man, the disciples were being so holy here. They were like gathered together and praying really hard and partaking in holy communion with one another. No, we are just kind of told that they're all together in Jerusalem for a Jewish holiday. Not that they're doing anything special. They're going about their everyday life. They're together doing ordinary things. And that's when it happens. That's when the Holy Spirit descends and the Holy Spirit allows them to communicate the good news in every person's own native language. The Holy Spirit works in this ordinary moment and turns it into something extraordinary. The Holy Spirit meets them right where they are in the middle of the mundane and allows this powerful communication to take place. The Holy Spirit bridges the gap between the people. One of my goals as a preacher is to help bridge the gap between all of us and the Bible. Sometimes the Bible can feel intimidating or just jam-packed with all these different meanings that it's hard to find our way through it. I like retelling stories in the Bible in easier-to-digest ways. I like to break down scripture so that we all can wrap our minds around what's happening or at least begin to better develop an understanding. 
As preachers, it is why Chris and I often do sermon series about songs or pop culture or things that are relevant to today's world. Trust me, it is not to try to stay hip and cool. We both know we are not super cool people. We're preachers. <laughs> Instead, we do sermon series like that because we're using these common ways con to connect with people, ways that are already happening out in the world, and we apply it to the Bible and our faith. It's our way of reaching people where they are. If you're a teacher, you meet your students where they are. If you are in marketing, you reach people where they are. If you are a parent, you meet your child where they are. If you're explaining this super cool brand new idea to someone, you meet people where they are. You use language that they are familiar with to explain your cool new pitch. Yeah, it sounds like common sense, but I think it's something we could all probably do a lot better at. We have to realize that not everyone has the same life experience we have, that we don't all have the same background or the same context for certain situations. Often, when we want to communicate, when we want to relate with one another, we have to reach people where they are, at their own level. Not in a more positive or more negative way, just in a different way than we may be used to. Here, with the story of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit puts the people on a level playing field for a few moments so that they can communicate and it has a lasting impact on the ministry of the apostles. The Holy Spirit meets the Jewish people in Jerusalem where they are. They don't have to do anything special. They don't have to say magic words or believe the right thing. They just have to be open to the Spirit working. The Spirit breaks off their distinctions between language and culture and provides a way for them to all meet under one tongue. And it propels the disciples into their ministry. Right after this, we get this whole kind of monologue from Peter as he talks about what it means to follow Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit gives them this opportunity to communicate, the disciples are confident enough to take that next step, to begin their ministry to further the reign of God in the world. It's the sign that they were waiting for, for to stop looking up and to go and do. The disciples are called to go and meet people where they're at. It's what Jesus did his entire ministry. Jesus found people where they were. If they were sitting outside the city gate begging for money, Jesus sat down and spoke to them. If they were waiting by the healing pools for a chance for them to be stirred and to enter, Jesus would stop and talk to them. If the people followed Jesus, and even, Jesus, even when Jesus was so exhausted and just wanted to hide away and pray, Jesus made time to talk 
with the people, he still went and met with them. The disciples are now charged to do the same, to use ordinary moments for the furthering of the realm of God, to demonstrate that even in the mundane or in the suffering of the world, that the Holy Spirit is present and that Christ gives us a great example of how to live our lives. Pentecost is a day for us to celebrate the birth of the church and it's a day for us to challenge ourselves to go forward, to meet people where they are, to bridge the gap, to allow space for the Holy Spirit to show up and do incredible work. As the church here, Christ United, our goal is to bridge the gap between the people here and our community. If a church is doing the work of the church, they must be out in the community that they are a part of. If we're using verbiage that isn't familiar, if we're using terms that are so insular that they keep others out, then we're doing something wrong. How do we reach a larger community if we're always looking inward and are always so insular in what we do? Here at Christ United, our church answers that question in a number of ways. We have an incredible serving others ministry. You saw some clips during children's time. And one cool thing we do with our serving others ministry is we partner with local Plano ISD schools and we offer mentoring and tutoring. This past year, I had the opportunity to volunteer at Frankfurt Middle School and uh, hang out with a lot of middle school students, which pros and cons, right? Uh, but it was so fun to just get to know a new student to tell them a little bit about myself and to get to hear their stories. During the summer, we offer vacation Bible school. We offer sports camps at the Sports and Rec Center. We offer preschool camps here at our CDC and there's no catch. We just want people to feel welcome and to have a place to spend their summers, a safe space where they know they are welcomed and they are loved and they are cared for. Our youth will travel on choir tours this summer. They'll go on mission trips and in both instances, they will share the love of God through their actions, through the ways they live their lives. They'll meet people where they are and they'll bring some joy into their lives too. If we are truly to be the church, then we must continue to find these kinds of ways to fill the gaps, to bridge the gaps, and to not just pat ourselves on the back and say, huh, we're good, we do enough, because things change. The world is always evolving. There are always needs that need to be met. And friends, that's when we get to step up and do what those first disciples were called to do, to bridge the gap, to live into the belief we all have that the Holy Spirit is with us 
every step of the way and is guiding our steps to further the realm of God. Often it is difficult not to be a step behind in ways that we can connect with the community around us. I encourage each of you, if you see a need that needs to be met, to talk to someone on staff here at the church. Let's see if we can't find a way to meet that need. No, we can't fix everything. I don't think the church is some perfect thing that's going to solve all the world's problems. But when we come together in ordinary moments, we do have the power to transform lives. Maybe the story of Pentecost hits a little differently for us this year. Maybe we aren't all needing to set aside our languages and come together with a new language. Maybe instead, this Pentecost, we need to all use the language of love a little more to let those actions and words of love speak louder than anything we could actually ever say. Maybe it's taking notice of those nudges from the Holy Spirit and letting those tugs really take hold and form into something concrete. Maybe this Pentecost, we allow space for the Holy Spirit to show up in really ordinary ways. Ordinary ways that still have transformative power. Maybe it's bridging gaps by widening the table, by pulling up an extra chair, breaking out the fancy china so everyone has a plate. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is here now. How will we live knowing this good news? How will we allow the Holy Spirit to bridge gaps and may we help in those building of bridges, how will each of us be transformed by the good news of the Holy Spirit?